You are now listening to Memoirs of a Christian Minister with Cephas Crosslid. Hey everyone, this is Cephas Crosslit right here. We're going to end the year off right. I haven't done an episode in a while. I've been working a lot, so yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> so today I just, um, I was just thinking of stuff. I was like, oh, what should I talk about? Because I haven't talked about anything on, I haven't done an episode for a while because I've been so busy working. Then I was like, oh. I got the I got a hankering to talk about being slain in the spirit. So you know you you know what slain in the spirit is? Well, I don't know. It probably has other names. Um, and I can maybe I will maybe just talk about one or two, possibly a few incidents, and just my takes on it, just from my perspective, of course. Um, as being a leader, uh, having um, presided, or or not, no, no, not presided, sorry, uh, helped lead into one of these. Uh, being slain in the spirit is basically um, when there's an altar call. Now, if you don't know what an altar call is, oh my goodness, I hope, do I have to explain all in a church service, usually like a Pentecostal influence type of service, like a prayer service, what happens is like there's a response, right? So there's a sermon that's being preached and then there's a, a time for response when uh, the congregation or the, the people listening to the message uh, pray, which is fine, you know? That's what you should do. You know, if you hear a message and it means something and it moved you in some way and that you want to kind of, you know, interact with whatever that's about in a spiritual sense, yeah, you should react, uh, respond. And um, what happens is during this response time, now remember, coming from a Pentecostal background, um, I was a leader I was an assistant pastor, kind of like the Dwight Schrute <laughs> to Michael Scott. Oh, gosh. But basically, I listen, when you're a when you're a pastor and you have to do everything. Now that I think about it. Like you are kind of stuck with asking people to do stuff for you. If you work under that quote-unquote delegation model, right? Uh, and what happens is you give it to some people who, you know, just don't know what they're doing. That was me. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was helping out with everything. So I was the sound guy, basically, for all of these services. Like, ev all of these services. If it was in English, if it was in um, other languages, like... Let me say Spanish or Nepali or Russian or whatever language that a ministry wanted to do and kind of use our facility. I was the sound guy. So guess what? I saw plenty of these. So imagine a worship service 
if you listen to my other po- uh, episodes in this uh, podcast, uh, you would understand what I'm talking about. It's one of those, um, they turn the lights down. Sometimes you can't turn the lights down because it's in the daytime. But, you know, it's, you're in, you're in the zone, right? Everyone's kind of in the same mindset. Everyone's kind of, yeah, you know, it's at the end of a service or maybe in the middle of a prayer meeting, right? And what happens is altar call is when the pastor or the leader in the front, whoever's leading the service, right? Whoever's leading the worship service or whatever, the prayer part, portion of the service meeting, whatever. And they're calling people forward to do a few things. Now, usually these things were uh, meant to be for, to kind of dedicate, you know, repent, quote unquote, turn your life away and come to God. And you would kind of do that in front of everyone. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, imagine um uh, what's that called? Uh, da, da, da. Billy Graham, Billy Graham. What's the other one? Like Greg Laurie or they do those tours, right? Billy Graham's dead, so Franklin Graham or but they give the message. Then they have a time of the message where they ask the person to come to the front and people do it in front of their friends, in front of their family, kind of like a physical gesture, right? A physical act to commit, basically. And that is an altar call. And it used to be, I feel like... At least what I hopefully remember, right? It used to be about repentance, like turning your life to Jesus Christ. And that would be the pivotal moment that you do it in front of everyone. It just changes everyone's life. It's like, wow, that's a big change because that's what you're doing. And so that used to be really special and important. But then it kind of... Hmm. It kind of reached over, I feel. Because then it stopped being about that exclusively really and it became about oh you are rededicating your life to god so it's not it's not the oh change your life come to god it's are you rededicating your life to god and so you get up off your seat and you're coming to christ and you're just like and you know you feel it if you were one of these people who did this or if you can think about it imagine you're walking down the aisle again you're like hey i already did this Hmm. As you're walking down, passing all these people, going to the front of the whole service or whatever, and you're like, hmm, altar call. Hmm, I already did this. I already dedicated my life, but I guess this is fine. I guess this is fine. Like, that was my issue. When I first kind of experienced this, I was like, hey, if this is an altar call, um, I thought that person was Christian. And I thought that person was Christian. And it, you know, the interesting thing about altar calls is um, as a leader, especially at a Korean church, especially at Korean churches, or I don't know, other ethnic churches, I'm, I'm sure this happens. It's, it's, it's got to happen. It's one of those things where I'm just like, oh, yeah, it seems like one of those natural things, natural human traits. Um, characteristics in these altar calls imagine these altar calls okay okay 
I'm so, I know I'm going way off of what I'm trying to, but imagine one of these altar calls, right? Did I, I, I feel, I, I want to go over everything. Okay. So people come up. I, I, I'm trying to see, hopefully. Um, so people go up and yeah, then it became about um, rededicating your life. And um, what else? Like rededicating your life, and um, and then you know after that, actually, it just became like other stuff. Like, oh, you're churning, or oh, you feel God is just telling you to come up. And the thing you want to know, like, I don't want to say this is the reason why, but. From my point of view, from a leadership perspective, understanding how these services work, these worship services where you're praying and all that, you know, and all these altar calls are happening and these physical acts of commitment are happening. Look, th these are like tense moments. Vulnerabilities are high. The emotions are high. Um, peer pressures are high. These are these are interesting services, okay? And of course, that's why people go up, right? Of course, that's why people walk up to these things. So you got to think about it. Um, it stopped becoming about just, oh, changing your life. You know why? Because after a while... You know, it's like you're selling, you're selling the product. And if it's hot, it's flying off the shelf. After a while, everyone has it. Or they think they have, or it's like, oh yeah, I did that. And imagine that. Just imagine the culture where you're like, yeah, I did that. As if. That is some sort of rite of passage as a Christian. And I feel that has that is what it has become, these these little meetings, these little these these little services, right? Um just like a rite of passage. It's like, oh yeah, did you go to did you go to the Great Glory? Have you been there before? <laughs> right? Have you been to the Franklin Graham? Have you oh I I I went there when it, when it was Billy. Before he passed, I walked down the aisle when they came to the Angel Stadium or whatever, you know. I did the physical, you know, I walked physically. I made the decision. Got an awesome Bible maybe, I don't know. And it stopped becoming about just turning your life over to God. It just turned, became about, oh, turning your life over again. Uh, and then, oh, making a commitment. And then it's like, oh, making commitment to my family, making commitment to God again, you know? And then it's just kind of bled over and it stopped becoming so important. The thing is, every, a lot of people already kind of did it or they feel like, oh, I don't need to do it, right? It's an interesting, if you think about it, this altar call, is just an interesting artifact of Christian culture, I feel. Like it just kind of came out of nowhere and it just kind of is there now right it's just like it's there um i don't know who started
Wesley, Charles Wesley. I don't know. Uh, I believe something, something like, um, damn, what I, I did some research on this a long time ago. Like maybe one of those back in the days, Charles or some Wesley, one of those big old preacher guys, um, they made it for that. I feel, hmm, was that the reason why there's so many different reasons of different things going on in church? Like, you know, pews, like people used to pay to kind of have their own pew. The pew is the chairs. People used to pay a fee to keep their seats in the church. Isn't that interesting? Oh, gosh. Where was I? Goodness gracious me. Um, the altar calls are so interesting. And so it stopped being important because and this is where I'm going to get into it. I, I kind of want to bleed that out and just kind of get all that stuff out. Because like the reason why you it kind of stopped becoming just about Jesus, you know, coming to Jesus. And then it's like, oh, rededicating your life. Oh, rededicating. Oh, committing to your family again. Oh, being a better student now. You know, and then it kind of becomes a less potent type of thing. It's now, oh, everyone does it now. It's just for anything. Just come up now. Um, the reason why is especially is because these altar call services have at, at this point just been, it's just saturated is every church has it every church has it now i'm not saying every church but i'm just saying you find these everywhere and i don't doubt it's those small little churches you find in those little uh, plazas right when you're driving down like you know just urban areas and like you see next to a laundromat or you see next to like a a little caesars you see iglesia you know like a little you know uh little churches here and there little korean church here or there you know and um you walk by some of these at a certain time maybe like late afternoon or kind of late morning maybe you hear a lot of commotion if it is like a Pentecostal service, and if you go to like a, maybe a night service possibly, maybe like once a month, once a week, if it's a true, <laughs> if it's a true one, right? And what you will find is that they are trying to do this, not trying, they are doing these altar call types of services on a regular basis. It's almost like they're like, oh, we want to re, you know, redo that. Because that's a powerful tool, right? It's a powerful tool to bring people to God. And it's like, is it, is that what you're really trying to do? Like, you think it's just this formula that you speak this message and... And... You turn the lights down or turn the, the organs up or the pads on the keyboard up, right? It's interesting at the end of these services, right? If you don't have the band just sitting there the whole time, there's a cue, right? The As a pastor, you, you tell the pianist, oh, I'm going to tell you the cue to come up. It's funny. It's like, why? Oh, because we need music. Why do you need music? Oh, we need it so people could pray. Why do we need music to pray? You know, because it's awkward in silence. You just keep asking why and you get to these answers. It really is. It's like, it's because it's awkward when you pray because people want to pray out loud, some of them, and they don't want other people to listen to their prayers. Why don't you just be upfront about it? That's exactly, come on now. 
why is it that at the end of these services, the pianist kind of knows when to walk up, starts playing the piano, and then at the end, at that point, um, sorry, I, was, I thought there was something on my arm. At the end of that point, <clears throat> they just know when to play, and that's when they start praying. It's the mood, it's the mood setting, right? To do these altar call types of things. It has now, instead of walking, they have just been like, oh, raise your hand. Or, oh, just nod your head. So we know, you know. Also, these things are not only a great tool for just kind of emotionally tying people to your church. Because through those types of services, it gets vulnerable. And they just, through memories and songs, you know, different, different things. Emotions rise and they're tied to your church. It also becomes a great tool for membership. And, um, <clears throat> whatchamacallit, growth? Yeah, whatever. And so that's what these are for. Not, I mean, I'm not going to say that's exactly, I mean, there's well, well-intended people who do these services for the right reasons. But you gotta, you gotta kind of draw the line when you're saying, is this happening every week because you're saying it happens? Like, oh, today we're gonna do this tonight. We're gonna have a altar call tonight. Sometimes uh, pastors do this because they observe people in the crowd and they feel that they know or they can kind of guess and the thing is, it's very interesting when they try to guess and they're off or they're not sure because they kind of like, we're going to have all to call and they kind of leave it in the air and I'm getting to really good stuff here and they leave it in the air and no one, no one comes up, right? Because they're shy. People are shy. People don't want to walk up to the front, but they're like, they do their call. Like, okay, here's some example. Like, oh, you know, let's say the passage was about some you know, Revelation 3, you know, 1 through 13 or something. I don't know. It was like about uh, being um, useless, you know, the church of Ephesus. And you kind of like, um, they, you know, just, oh, come back to your, to the love, you know, your first love. It's like, oh, and then people are getting convic convicted in their hearts, feeling guilty, really it is. And then they're like, oh, uh, I feel bad, you know, and then the pastor or the pe the preacher kind of knows, right? They're like, they don't know really, but they're just kind of observing like, oh, this person looks kind of distressed. You know, this, their eyes are furled up. They're kind of crying. Oh, they're wiping some tears away. Oh, they're going back and forth to the bathroom. They, you know, must mean something. So they're like, oh, I'm just going to do it. You know, I feel the spirit moving in me. You know, it, it's, it, it, let's just kind of, I just kind of want to call what what it is. Not necessarily the spirit moving in you, but maybe it could be. Or it could just be that you have genuine good intentions for this person and you want to pray for that person and you want to see this person have a, have a genuine spiritual experience. But I just don't like the fact that when we, we, we label that as a God thing or, 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 or the spirit led me to do it type of thing. I just don't like that. But this is what happens, you know. So as a leader, it's, it's great. I mean, pastors have a great job. You know, you get to put these services on and help people. 
a lot of people need these breakthrough emotional types of services. But the, the issue is to have it every single time, it might just wear members out. Like they have that experience like, oh yeah, that's great. And they see other people get into it. They're like, oh, that's great. Because I remember I that happened to me. And now these new people, it's they're happening to them. It's great. I get to be a part of it and see see it happen to other people. And then after a while, you're they're just like, man, this happened every freaking time. Is that all this church does? Altar calls. And guess what? Sometimes when nobody goes up, the assistants go up for support. It's not the assistants, you know, the the lay leaders, the, the people who are very close to the pastor, very close to the preacher because they feel bad. Also, they have also genuine good intentions to motivate and encourage, quote unquote, and quote unquote, challenge other people in the audience to come up and partake in this weird activity of well, I don't know, are you being affirmed of your goodness that you want restored by a divine being? What do you want? You want to be confirmed that this divine being loves you and is okay with you? Or what, what, do, you, what do you, why would you go up to the front to do that in the first place, you know? But people do this. It's fine. People have really good intentions. And when people do that for the right reasons, hey, who am I to say, the spirit of God is not moving there. So I don't want to make fun of him, be negative hundred percent about it, but I'm coming at this and explaining to you in my podcast through the eyes of the leadership, because these altar call services are definitely membership based, possibly in the back end, at least, you know, they know that this will help with membership. Guess what? Some of the more uh, seasoned pastors who are kind of out there on their own, when these services happen, I'm not going to shit you. Uh, can I cuss? I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't put an explicit on this. I'm not going to lie to you. In the back of their head, most likely, they're thinking, I wonder what this person does for work. I wonder what kind of job this person has. And they're kind of observing them head to toe. Hey, you don't think I you don't think I'm right? You don't you think I'm lying? Think about it. If you are running a church and your church is dependent on the tithes of people, and you have people coming into your church because you're doing these services, and you know that these services get them emotionally and and just just spiritually locked to your church in a way and so you do the service right you see them crying you see the their lives quote unquote changing you know they they're coming up walking up to the front receiving the altar call we're gonna get to what happens in the front there but receiving the altar call and just you know making a claim to everyone you know then, then you're guess what they're looking at you i'm sorry to ruin it for people but Think about it. Wouldn't you, if that was your occupation, if you're not thinking like that, then that's not really your occupation, right? You're not depending on that for your bread and butter. But think about there are 
so many pastors out there that depend on the growth of their church for their bread and butter. So do you not think that they're looking at their clothes, their hair, their appearance, car they drove in sometimes, the way they talk, every, the way they hold themselves up, their phone sometimes, you know, everything about them. <clears throat> you think I'm lying? Look, when I would come into these, after these altar call services to the meetings, we, you know, we'd clean up after every service. I would be the last one out. First one there, last one out. Seven years for, for, for this Pentecostal church. But last one out because I'm cleaning stuff up. Because not only do we do I do the sound equipment, but I bring the CD up to the pastor. I clean out the coffee because I'm the intern, or not the intern, I'm also the assistant. So, And he's talking crap about people the whole time. Not crap like that, but he's just saying, oh, see the kind of shirt. They're, so pastors are people too. They're just like everyone else. And so they talk about people. But the, the thing is that I, what I don't like is that is when that happens, I'm just like, why would people be so immature to talk about people's appearance when you're a pastor? And so that's what this pastor did. I, clearly, I had a bad experience. No, no wonder I'm so jaded. So back to the altar calls, right? So the altar calls, what else did I say? What else was I talking about? Come up. Oh, yeah. So people feel sorry for them. And so like, we, you kind of go up there. And what happens when you go up? Here we go. Slain by the Spirit. So there's a few things that, there's a few things that happen when you go up for the altar call. There's um, <clears throat> a few services where when you come up, it's, you kind of line up in the front, you turn around and face the audience because you're making that claim. You are making that, you know, you're making yourself vulnerable in front of everyone. You're saying, this is who I am. I want you to hold me accountable. I want to, I want to, I want to do this right. You know, that's great. So there's that kind of service, whether that's for, oh, I want to change my life, follow Jesus, or whether it's I'm turning around and facing the audience because I want to tell everyone I'm rededicating my life or whatever else blurry else line you, you have created this altar call to be to make this a weird part of Christian culture in the first place. But there's that. There's another one where it's weird. When things get heated up and everyone's kind of up in the front praying, sometimes it gets really emotional and you just... The, the pastor has that wireless mic and he just goes up to a random person. Ooh, watch out. Because the things that you say, watch out if someone's recording that. Most likely the guy in the back, the audio guy, he's recording that for records for the, for the pastor. But just because you're in the house of God doesn't mean that the things that, that are done in the house of God are the best for you. And I hate saying this because this is going to irk people out because it's going to make you think twice about going to a church. If you are if you are not already aware of this, this is one of the things I hate about church these days. Like it started like yeah, back in like 
late 2000-ish, I feel like people take pictures of you. People take videos of you. It's like, what the F? Just don't take a freaking picture of me. I'm here at church. I'm doing my religious duties. Like, my goodness. Like, I hated it because I was the one who was video cameraing and taking pictures of the people. And I was like, I hate doing it. Like, imagine you're like doing that to youth kids. I used to do that. You know why it's for records, quote unquote. I was like, man, I feel like, oh gosh. Because I was a youth pastor too. But imagine doing that. Even though that was your occupation, it's still weird. But imagine doing that to adults, really. You're just like, what the heck? No. But that's another way the altar calls were. It's like, you get the camera all on you, get the wireless mic on you, and then they'd say, all right, you know, tell them what you're going to do different now in your life. And we got everyone looking at you. And then you just say some stupid stuff because you're in this emotional high. And you make this promise that you have no idea what you're talking about. I've seen it happen countless times. That's what I'm talking about. I'm seeing this from the back. I'm seeing this from the sound room. Like looking at it. I'm just like looking at people like, Wow. Like, people really saying this stuff. Like, people just literally saying, like, spilling their guts. Talking about stuff they shouldn't be talking about on stage. Like, intimate stuff. Like, personal stuff. I'm just like, why are we letting people come up here and do this? This is ridiculous. And it's like, they don't know that this stuff is on. It's on wax. You know, it's on tape. It's being recorded. It's on CDs, you know. So that's one way they get you with the mic and then you say something stupid and you know, people hear it. And listen, I don't want to say stupid sometimes. Sometimes it's real. It's genuine and good intent. And I feel, hey, who am I to say the Spirit of God isn't moving in this one either, right? So everything I'm saying, I'm very negative. But I also want to say, look, there's also for me a thin layer of who knows. It could still be the spirit of God and that's not my area to judge in that area at least. But let me talk about the rest because this is my podcast. Come on now. So that's another way of doing it. And another way would be, I feel there's other ways I kind of morph, you know, different ways. Like you can kind of call people loud. That's one way the Pentecostal, you're up there and people are not coming up and you just call them out. You're like, hey, I know you, you're, you know, you're, in, you're praying out there in the crowd. Come up here. You know, there's those militant types of churches. I hate that. That was the kind of church I was from. Hated it. Hated it. And I, I saw that happen. I was like, how could you call people out? And they have to come up because they don't want to look like asses, you know, in front of everyone, like doing that to a pastor in front of everyone, leaving them hanging. <laughs> Speaking of leaving you hanging, I'm going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back. So they come up, okay, and that's one way and they pray for you is another. One way is they come up and they pray for you. And this is sometimes what happens. Slain in the spirit is what you see in a general sense because I don't know. Other people have different definitions. Other people have different ways to explain this. It's when the pastor puts their hand on their head or body or whatever and they kind of faint, they collapse, right? They lose their balance and they fall back. 
Have you seen this before? Those Benny Hill, Benny Hill, not Benny Hinn. Those Benny Hill televangelists where the guy's just kind of like taking his jacket off and just blowing it, you know, just not blowing, just um, waving it at people. And it's almost like a wind blowing at them. And then it's like a whole crowd of people move back. Have you seen this slain by the spirit? This gets crazy. It's a phenomenon of a uh, Holy Spirit in a prayer meeting. What is, uh, I feel, perceived to be happening or in, in supposed to be implied. or I feel it's weird because when this happens, it's like, oh, why do you have to explain it? You know? Oh, yeah, because it's a weird phenomenon, right? Yeah, it's a weird. But it's like, okay, um they put their hands on them and they pray for them and the moment they touch them, they're supposed to faint. And I'm not sure where that is from in the Bible. There's this moment where Jesus kind of does that to a whole crowd of soldiers and they kind of move back a little. <clears throat> not in like a way, but he kind of like tells them to go back or so something happens in that part. But um, I don't see this in the Bible at all. Like, so that's why it's interesting. Um, what you see is when you touch, when they touch people, they come to life, right? They wake up. So, <clears throat> so I feel like the mindset behind it would be the pastor, the preacher, the whoever is up there praying for people is so filled with the spirit. The power of the spirit is just kind of overwhelming that when they touch the person or may, not maybe possibly not overwhelming it but they are being used as a vessel for the holy spirit to come in and um into the moment right and so to say touch the person through this pastor and the touch is either just so overwhelming or just so anointed whatever you want to call it so amazing so overwhelmed like that's all i could say is overbearing maybe that that the person cannot take it and they collapse they fa that's what i feel is happening what else could this image that i am trying to create for you mean right a person comes up they touch them they collapse they fall back Interesting, they fall back some, most of the time, right? And get to that. But let's let's stay here for a little bit. Like, what is this supposed to mean? You feel you you think like a person comes up, they touch, they fall. Does it mean that <clears throat> God's blessing has touched them and they are falling? Because I don't want to. I'm trying to understand this. Like, could they be falling because it's? I feel because it's too much for them to handle the power of God is in the moment. So that it's too much for them to handle. And so their knees buckle. And so they fall down. Is that like, I'm trying to figure that out. And then, um, what else? The past, whoever's touching them, that is that moment. Is that, is that a power? Is that a miracle that happened? What is that? Because these these altar call services with these slain the spirit phenomena is happening regularly. So what is that? Is that when God is on earth and he's making this happen? 
I don't know. Some people say it's genuine, and I can't, I cannot argue with that because who am I? Some people say, you know, I don't know what happened. I was praying, and this person came, and he touched my head, and I just lost balance or something. And I just, next thing I knew, I was on the floor. Like people caught me. I thought I was going to knock out, but people caught me. And I was like, you know, it's like, oh, interesting, you know, like, okay. Who am I to say that was not the Holy Spirit, right? That was not God working in some way. So it's like, okay. But from a leadership perspective, all I'm saying is you go up to people and you're genuinely praying. You're genuinely praying. But there are some people who are not falling back. And you got to wonder... Why some of these pastors, if they are not falling back, there's a lot of them who just kind of walk by like, that's cool, they're they're cool. It's okay if they don't fall, that's fine. It's not for everyone. And there are some genuine pastors out there. I don't want to negate, the, or I don't want to negate the whole thing, but I, I want to also, um, I also want to um, talk about the good ones, you know? Like there are people, they do, yes, they do have these services on a regular basis, but they're not trying to go around looking for people to tip over all the time. So there are real good intended and good to do. They they act well on these things. I in, in my judgment at least. Who the hell am I, right? Just some random podcaster, Cephas Crosslight. But they they're not looking around tipping people over because they want to. But there are many who are. And so once again, if people aren't doing it. Guess what? You got the people who are close to the pastor, people who are supportive. They go up there. Even though they're already saved, they're already great Christians, they want to rededicate. They feel bad. They, you know, so they fall. They they fall. Why do they fall? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they are um, <clears throat> truly overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, the power of God at the moment. Perhaps apart from that, people fall because they are fainting genuinely. They genuinely have a moment where <clears throat> their emotions were high, their adrenaline was going fast. And then the moment that they thought that th this person who was praying in front of everyone, praying for all these people, they come to this person, they come to you, right? And you're praying, you're praying, praying. This person, you're like, wow, this person who was speaking this message, I felt that God was speaking through this person. Now this person about to touch my head as he's as they're speaking. They touch, you're like, oh my gosh. And then imagine that. And then you fall plop. It could be that, just being overwhelmed psychologically, uh, overwhelmed emotionally, and then you just faint. Another way would be what I was, what I experienced. And there's two there's two incidents that I want to talk about. I don't know if I talked about this before, but I feel I'm talking about it way more in depth, which is very awesome. So I was at a few of these, you know, meetings, and then there was this one girl. She was one of the main worship team leaders. She goes and she, we're, we're all doing these uh, prayer things, and people are just falling, you know. Pastor's going up. All right, altar call time, whatever, and people, lights are low. And it almost became like, oh, this is like everyone's regular weekly fall down. 
That's what it became. It was so sad. And it be, for me, it just became like, oh, this is just way too much. Like, once a week, this girl would be with everyone else. I never did. I didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I'm not going to lie. I did it like twice, three times maybe. And this girl just did it. And then it came to the point where this girl just kind of, the pastor went and prayed for the girl. And she fell down. And literally the moment the pastor walked away to the next person to pray for the next person, she got up and she walked to her seat. And I'm just like, did I just see what I just saw? <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> Almost like, boom, fall down, got back up, walked to the seat. And I was like, and it, be it literally became like that. That is literally how these services can become like these slain by the spirit services. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, hand on the head. I fall down, so wait, get up, walk to the seat, put my eyes, close my eyes and just pray. And you know what? <laughs> now that I think about it, it was because we did these 5 a.m. prayer meetings. I would do the same thing. If, you, if I had a regular 5 a.m. prayer meeting, right? Because when you're Pentecost in Korean, that's what you do. And you're asked to go to a 5 a.m. service. It's this dude. Or is whatever they're talking in front. Of, you're having a service at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. What the heck? What in the world? And around 5:40, it's time to pray. But there, this person's in a hankering for an altar call, and you do not get away with it by just praying there because this person's just gonna go up there and preach and pray until people come up. And so you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna do it, get it out of the way. So you do it. You get slain by the spirit. You go back to your seat. And you don't have to worry that the pastor's going to look at you like, are you ready? Are you going to come up? And you don't have to feel bad because you got it out of the way. And I think that's what happened with that girl that one night or day, whatever happened during that service. This next kind of story about being slain by the spirit is going to end this episode. And I'm kind of glad to get this one out because, gosh, I've been, I, I love telling this story. Um. So it was at the point where, you know, these slain by the spirit kind of meetings, we we're kind of overdoing it. So we we took a break for a few months, possibly a year or so. And me being curious and all, I would ask the pastor, hey, how come we don't, we don't go do these altar call services? And when he made some weird excuse, whatever. Um, out of nowhere, this guest minister from Africa, one of the sponsored missionaries uh, from the head senior pastor of the church. So this this pastor above me couldn't say anything. He comes to our church to do a special revival meeting service. And here we go. It's usually in these revival meeting services that you do these altar calls slash slaying the spirit phenomenon happening. So I'm like, here we go. Here we go. And this particular night, my pastor told me, hey, uh, Cephas, get ready. We're going to have one of these old-fashioned altar calls. And I'm like, oh, interesting, old-fashioned altar calls. So it's like, oh, these have been around longer than I have been born, I feel. So we're doing it. And the pastor comes up to me and says, hey, Cephas, um, it, it was time for the prayer time. Mind you, the pastor comes, hey, Cephas, look, what's going to happen is when they do the altar call, 
the pastor's going to start praying. And if you see that the person is praying in tongues, then you know that they're ready. And as the guest speaker walks kind of up and down, as people come up to the front, right, to the altar call, and why would you not? Because this is a new guest speaker. He must be filled by the Holy Spirit. He's from Africa, I believe. And he's one of the missionary sponsors. So he came for a special visit and a special revival, quote unquote. Um, and as a Korean Christian, you don't want to miss a revival service. So that happened. Came through. He said, hey, Cephas, um, when the pastor missionary guy walks up and down as people walk up, He's going to pray for people and they're going to fall back. But they only know to fall back once you kind of put your hand, kind of you tap their back a little, like on the small of their back, right? Just like on the back, just tap their back, kind of like have your back kind of hover behind them just so they know that you're, you're there. Seriously, this is what they, this is what he told me. And it worked like a charm. And I was like, oh my, seriously? Is this what it was about? So people are high emotions, high vulnerabilities, um, spiritual states, very high, and just kind of just open and ready for whatever. Here's open. You're very receptive. You're very uh, suggestive, I feel. And you're seeing people knock out left and right next to you after get, they get a touch from this pastor after they're praying. Some people, they're fighting. You're just standing up there. This pastor is hitting their head like one, two, maybe four times after four times. Like, all right, this guy is not going to end unless I fall. And he's fall anyways. And, you know, I'm doing it. It's me. I was a little bigger guy. And then me and this other guy. And. I put my hand in the back as they're praying. The pastor comes up. This Imagine a person praying. Imagine a girl, guy, whatever, praying. Standing up, mind you. Lights are down. Music is blaring. I don't know why, because everyone's yelling and speaking, quote-unquote, speaking, praying in tongues, praying all loud. I don't know why, but whatever. And as everyone's praying, everyone's yelling and everyone's being loud, spilling their guts. Everyone's spilling their emotions out. The pastor comes. The person praying that he chooses to pray for is now surrounded by two ministers. I am one of them. The other one uh, is another one. And, and possibly behind, uh, behind, directly behind is either the pastor or some, some other person helping out who is also, oh, you know, they're not pastors or ministers, but they're, you know, one of them, one of the guys who help out. And then I hover my hand and kind of touch, uh, tap a little bit on the small of their back and, and boom, they, the pastor, I kind of give the nod pastor sees what's going on we're ready or the, the minister or the missionary and then boom touch touches the head they fall back we're there to catch the person easy peasy and then as they're doing it they go hey cephas get behind this person catch them under their armpits say under the and they're saying it loud enough for the person who's being prayed for to hear that okay so they, and as they fall 
guarantee they, they, they heard it. So they open their arms out so my arms come behind them. I catch them, softly fall down. They're slain by the spirit and they're laying on the ground. Now they're either truly knocked out because the Holy Spirit has touched their lives or they're truly fainted and knocked out or guess what? And I was this many times. They're just laying there like, oh, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to count. I'm Okay, one, two, three. I'm going to count a few seconds. Oh, that's not long enough. It's like, okay, I'm going to wait for the song. I'm going to wait for the, I'm going to wait for the chorus to end. I'm going to keep my eyes closed. And I don't want to act like I'm sleeping here, so I'm going to get up in three, two, one. And you get up. And you don't look at anyone. You look down. Maybe you look up, see if anyone's looking. You just walk to your seat, close your eyes, put your head down, and say, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that's over. And you just wait for the prayer service to be over. And that, my friends, is being slain in the spirit in an altar call. <laughs> hey, um, gosh, that was fun. That was fun, right? That's that's seriously, that's what happens. And um, look, after all that I say and kind of making fun, I always want to say there is room. There really is for the divine and the spiritual to be taking place. But I feel these are kind of forced. When you see the lights dim, you know, and you see the things happen and you're just like, yeah, what are you, what are you guys, what are you guys trying to do here? You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? So um, that's my story. I haven't done an episode in a long time. I hope this one is good enough to keep you going for a little bit. I try to keep doing it a few more episodes while I'm on break. Um, when I get off my break and go back to work, guess what? It might be hard to record a few more. So you're going to have to wait for uh, four more months, I feel, after this. But uh, as I am on my winter break, I hope I can record more. If not, I'm glad I did this one. Um, I hope you're listening to my other show, Manifest Christianity with Cephas Crosslet. It's awesome. If you are the type of person who you've been looking for a church that makes sense, but you're still stuck in the one that you're at for some reason, and you got to listen to it. And um, it's great. And um, if you want to manifest things of Christ in your life or you want to have them manifest in front of you, you've tried a lot of things. Hey, why not just try? Why not try? Um, I'm asking you to do a few things in it if you're really interested. And these are huge. But hey, if you're willing to try, you should try. I feel the way that I um, talk about things and the way my approach, I feel it's very um, relatable and um, I feel it's real. Probably a lot of stuff in there that I say that doesn't make sense, but I feel it does. <laughs> but I'm weird like that. Anyways, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, any feedback, any um, comments, you want to ask, you know, say something about it, whatever. Um, have some good suggestions. Um, email me. Message me at memoirs of a Christian minister 
at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm sorry that I haven't been around for a while. I'll try to do more of these stories. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I left out about being slain by the spirit. You know, loud music, dark, dim lights. I mean, the funniest thing is, you know, you know, when the when the missionary just kind of keeps hitting that person's head, like, why isn't this person falling down? <laughs> Yeah, and the person's like, nope, I'm not going to let you do it. And you have these people who come to these churches, they're like, oh, no, not one of these services. And they get kind of like, ah, what am I doing up here in the altar call? Oh, no, why is this pastor coming up to me and praying for me? And then they tap them on the head. like, I'm they, they rubbing their back a little. Like, hey, I'm here behind you. Like, nope, I'm not falling down. But they don't say it, right? But it's kind of that stubbornness. It's funny to watch that. They're up on stage kind of having this non-verbal kind of war like you're gonna fall and the person's like nope i'm not gonna fall and then the pastor just goes off to the next person kind of like that person's not ready for god in their life and it's like you know that's what they're saying it's funny um these are funny things that i'm thinking about it's so interesting um what else my goodness what else about being slain in the spirit you know when girls are wearing skirts, right, or dresses, and they get slain in the spirit and they fall down. It's funny because the ministers, the workers, right, they are always around with a coat. And they throw it down. It's almost like when you see that, you're like, man, is this program, like, are these people falling because really it's the Holy Spirit? Or is it just because it's part of the culture? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a very interesting phenomenon. I can't believe it's part of a culture. It's like... People literally throw jackets on the girls' legs like when they fall down, they're ready. So the pastor's moving from, you know, person to person. Like, how do you know who's going to fall? Like, why would you do that? You know, that's the real question. How do you know this person's going to fall? So you had this person surrounded by three people just in case they fall, but you're like, how do you do that? Why would you do that? This person's just trying to have their time with God and you got to surround them with people like, you think that they don't notice just because they're praying loud? So weird. So weird. <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to think of more. Is there more stuff to talk about? This I think it's so funny. Um, hey, anyways, please share this um, podcast if if you know people who would love to listen to this, if not for entertainment. This is actually this is actually meant for entertainment, not for anything else. This podcast. That's why I, I'm just having so much fun with this one. Um, but yeah, I think that might be a lot about altar calls and slain by the spirit. If I have more to talk about, I'm just gonna talk about it. I might repeat a lot of stuff. But hey, once again, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of whatever. You're doing all right later. You have been listening to Memoirs of a Christian Minister with Cephas Crosslet.